Bill Beatenbow keeps cooking on Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your your first bet on $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on the Care of Sports app. Josh, the Oklahoma Sooners get another commitment on the offensive line. Gary and Hatchett, the guard transfer from the Washington Huskies, now joining the Sooners, making it four offensive linemen that they've added through the transfer portal. Michael Tarkin, Fabechi Wiwu, and Spencer Brown, in addition to one Mr. Hatchett. Yeah, it's been uh, obviously a busy transfer portal season for Oklahoma in particular up front. We said it and Bill Biedenbow and Brent Venables, Seth Luttrell, Joe John Finley, they clearly recognized it, which is not a shocker. If you and I can figure it out, then probably they got a pretty good idea about it too. Oklahoma based on the departures to the national football league, based on uh, loss of eligibility, based on the Caden green transfer, they had their work cut out for them this transfer portal season and give the staff credit. They've gone out, John, and found, uh, I think, multiple guys that are going to step right in and start for Oklahoma. Gary and Hatchett, is he the final name like that? Uh, Wee-woo, I feel pretty good about his chances to start. Spencer Brown, feel pretty good about his chances to start. And then uh, is it Tarkin? And uh, your addition and Hatchet here battling out for maybe one final starting spot. Did you go, go? Did you go find three starters out of the transfer portal? I think you definitely probably found two, John. So look, they had a, a big time need up front, just based on the way things shook out at the end of last season. And uh, give uh, Coach B credit; he has been kind of living in some ways off the transfer portal year to year. And uh, let's hope that he struck gold again. Well, yeah, and when you've had to retool your offensive line like he has, you've had to dip into the portal, kind of kind of almost like Porter Mosier's had to at times on the basketball side of things. You know, the portal giveth, the portal taketh. But also, I mean, he's graduated guys off to the NFL. We just, we're going to talk about Wanya Morris here in a little bit. Now a starter along Kansas City's offensive line. He was a transfer portal addition from Tennessee. Didn't work out in really his first year with the Oklahoma Sooners, didn't really play much, but then that second year became a pivotal right tackle piece. We saw the same thing out of like Chris Murray. Obviously, Tyler Guyton was a transfer addition. So it's easy for you know people to look at the transfer additions and be like, well, they're just transfer portal guys. You want to be able to build it through recruiting. And yeah, they want to build it through recruiting. But when this is no disrespect to these guys, but when Nate and- Anderson doesn't pan out and he's one of your highest rated prospects of that recruiting class or Savion bird another four-star doesn't pan out or bray walker five-star doesn't pan out then you've got to be able to retool somehow and they've done a great job of that over the years and this year i mean it's a heavier 
retooling. It's a bigger toolbox that Bill Beatonbow's had to load for the offensive line this year, but you got to give them credit to for what they've done. They've been able to go into the portal, get four guys with starting experience at, and starting experience at a high level and be able to bring them in and add them to that competitive depth along the offensive line. So now you're, you're feeling a lot better about it. And if your young guys come in, a Heath Ozida, a Jake Taylor, or one of your true freshmen comes in a Eugene Brooks or Eddie Pierre Louis or Daniel Akinkumi, and they come in and they're able to steal a job. Well, then you know that they're ready to go because you've got these veteran, you know, experienced players that aren't going to give anything away. I mean, they're going to be ready to go when spring ball comes. They're going to be ready to put their best foot forward in these, you know, spring ball competitions, fall camp competitions to go earn a job. And I, and I really feel good about it now. Obviously, you got to see how it's going to come together. And I, I feel like this has kind of been the question for the last several years. How is it all going to come together? Well, it came together just fine. Offensive line was not your biggest issue in 2023. I mean, you had some, some games, really the two games that you lost, turnovers were the biggest issue and some of that was maybe some of the snapping from the center uh, but ultimately it came down to just not being able to protect the football if the offensive line is as good as it was last year i think you're in a good position you should yeah have a chance to be competitive in the sec if it's what it was this past season the run game in part because of the offensive line i'm sure in part because of the health of running backs and uh, lack of production from running backs was not great to start 2023, as we all know. So, look, the the offensive line for Oklahoma has its uh, fair share in the blame there. So Oklahoma needs to be better out of the gates uh, and really just for the duration of 2024. They, they need to enforce their will a little bit better, and let's hope that Hatchet is a part of doing that for Oklahoma again started four games this past season with the the Huskies on the uh, Joe Moore award-winning offensive line injuries uh, were a problem for him so your other hope would be first and foremost that he's fully healthy heading into 2024 that you get through the spring get through the fall and uh, no lingering issues health-wise that he can go be the player that started four games again last season, appeared in all 13 the year before that. You know, he was a a highly regarded guy coming out of high school, four-star recruit, according to 24-7 Sports in the 2020 class, considered a top-10 offensive guard uh, across the high school ranks and a top-four player in the state of Washington. So it's almost uh, some of the buzz that I've heard about Hatchet is, well, his younger brother was the one that we really wanted to get. That was the really talented of the two. But look, Gary and Hatchet is a, a blue chip kid, according to the recruiting profile and somebody, again, that brings experience and uh, uh, starting experience and uh, obviously just bolsters the depth inside uh, in the interior of this offensive line. So it's been a good transfer portal season for Oklahoma up front along the offensive line. It was the clear most uh, important area for Oklahoma to address tight end. That was another area you could point to and say, okay, needed to address there. They, they brought a name in at tight end, uh, a couple of names in at tight end. So really the Sooners, I think sort of addressed what they needed to address for the most part out of the transfer portal. Yeah, it really does feel like it. I mean, you got to again, see how it all comes together. 
but you've added a ton of dudes with a lot of experience that have played a lot of football again at the high levels, whether it's, you know, the PAC 12 or the big 10 or the sec, they've played a lot of football. You know, obviously Fabetchi we was the guy coming up from the group of five, but he was really, really good at the group of five level. So you're hoping that he continues his ascent. I asked, uh, our locked on Huskies host Roman Tomashov about uh, one Gary and hatchet. And here's what he had to say about him. He's a good run blocker, but needs to continue to work in pass protection. He has all the tools to be a really good offensive lineman, but needs to get stronger as he gets beaten too often with power. He's worked at a lot of positions, but his best is at guard. Well, let's get him with Jerry Schmidt. Let's get him Schmitty built and maybe power won't be as much of an issue for him moving forward for the Oklahoma Sooners. They'll be most cooking, man. I, I think you got to like what they've done both in the 2024 recruiting cycle and through the transfer portal, that competitive depth along the offensive line, looks really, really strong now. And you've got a guy that's got multiple years of experience or multiple years of eligibility remaining to continue to build that offensive line depth with the Oklahoma Sooners are sending the most players to the Super Bowl for the second year in a row. Let's talk about the Super Six coming up next here on Locked On Sooners. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel. That's America's number one sports book. Obviously, the, the matchup is set. The Kansas City Chiefs, a fourth Super Bowl appearance in five years. The San Francisco 49ers, it's a rematch, a second appearance in the past five years. And if you're anything like us, Super Bowl Sunday, it's about scoring the best seat on the couch and then uh, grabbing your favorite snacks and loading up to play some super bets. The uh, the spread in this game is interesting. Started out point and a half for San Francisco. So the 49ers are a favorite. If you have a strong inkling one way or the other, then uh, now's probably the time to jump in before there's too much more movement. So if you like San Francisco, point and a half if you like kansas city as the underdog then then jump in the uh the over under number is i think uh something that to me i'd be leaning under but hey uh, fanduel has so many ways not just those for you to end the season with a w or two or three maybe it's super bowl parlay time for you new customers join today and you'll get 200 in bonus bets if your first bet of five dollars or more wins, just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. The Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Oklahoma Sooners are very well rep represented, especially on the Chiefs. KC's got four former Sooners. The San Francisco 49ers have two. Uh, and it's interesting, the the dynamic and the, the relative impacts that everybody makes on these teams, you know, let's talk Kansas city. This is where, you know, Josh's favorite team this is the team he follows the most, but you know, James Winchester, you know, that's the name that maybe most people aren't going to recognize because he's the long snapper, but that's also a good thing because you're not going to recognize the long snapper until he does something bad. So James Winchester has been one of the best long snappers in the NFL for a long, long time now. They've got, you know, Creed Humphrey, who's arguably the best center in the NFL. Wanya Morris, who's really emerged down the stretch as a really important piece for that offensive line. And I'm blanking on the fourth. Blake, Blake Bell, my goodness. Sorry. Jeez. The belldozer. Uh, Blake Bell, just again, continuing to carve out a role for the Chiefs. Yeah, it's uh an offensive line that has some Bill Bedenbow fingerprints, obviously, all over it. So when you see those statistics, and we've talked a lot of offensive line today, 
But uh, when you see those numbers about what guys are making, well, guess what? Wanye Morris uh, down the road, probably going to continue to make more money. Creed Humphrey is a bona fide superstar already at uh, center in the league, and he's only going to get better. He's been a cornerstone piece for Kansas City in uh, these last couple of Super Bowl runs here. And uh, he's going to be a big part of the puzzle in this game. You flip to the other side of the equation. Uh, great for Braden Willis, right? Uh, awesome story there. And then, of course, Trent Williams making his first appearance in the Super Bowl. Long wait, uh, a road that at times it wasn't uh, always a rosy one. His transition from Washington to San Francisco, right? There was kind of that that set of limbo years, if you will, in there. What was going to happen next for Trent Williams? But, man, he's been uh, so good for so long in the league. And Oklahoma, more than anybody else, more than anybody else in this game, John, six players in the Super Bowl, and uh, no other college can boast that. Yeah, it's incredible back-to-back years where they've been able to make that run. And yeah, for for a guy like Trent Williams, you got to love it. You know, he's playing arguably the best football of his career at the latest stage of his career. I mean, he's in his 30s and that's the time when you you'd think that a guy is going to start to con- kind of decline, but three all pros in the last 3 years, he's made a, but he's made a pro bowl every single season since 2012. The only season that he didn't was 2019 uh when he was out uh due to injury, but I mean I saw Zach Sanchez say this on Twitter and I I thought it was a really interesting point that he made. Somebody asked, okay. And I think it was the ref actually that asked is Trent Williams, the best Oklahoma Sooners offensive lineman of all time. And Zach Sanchez's response was that that conversation's finished. It's obvious. He's the best offensive lineman to ever play football for the Oklahoma Sooners. He's in the greatest of all time category with the Sooners. And I, I have a hard time making an argument against it. You know, obviously you're going to include guys like Leroy Selman and uh, Brian Bosworth and Baker Mayfield. and But Trent Williams, man, what he did at the collegiate level, but what he's also done at the NFL level, I mean, he might have the best career of any Oklahoma Sooner at the NFL level of all time. 11 times. Adrian Peterson might be the one that, that you could argue that. Yeah, yeah, Adrian Peterson would certainly have his case. Uh, But uh, Trent Williams would have a pretty good argument, too. I mean, look, uh, in terms of longevity, you'd have to give the nod to Trent Williams, right, over Adrian Peterson. Uh, The the career that AD had, though, was spectacular. I mean, you're talking about the beginning of his career. He was obviously one of the best offensive players and running backs in the NFL, and probably on the short list for greatest running backs of all time. uh, If you're asking me in uh, both college and NFL. So Adrian Peterson would be a tough guy to usurp, but yeah, Trent Williams would be in the conversation, 11 time pro bowler, three time, uh, first team, all pro second team, all pro another season in there. He's been uh, incredible. And again, the, the longevity, John, and he's going to be, you think about this game, he's going to be maybe the most important piece, one of them for it. If he is, which you almost feel like it's kind of guaranteed that Trent Williams is going to give you what Trent Williams gives you. But uh, the the ability for San Francisco to run the football is probably going to go a long way to deciding who's going to win the thing, which, okay, book of cliches, I got it. But with Brock Purdy back there, Trent Williams and company, they need to 
set it up to where McCaffrey can go be a star in this game and they don't have to put everything on Brock Purdy. So Trent Williams in his first Super Bowl appearance, out of every sooner in this game, you could make an argument that his performance might be the most important to the outcome. Yeah, and also just the mentality that he brings. I mean, he brings kind of a nasty, tenacious, physical mentality that helps kind of set the tone. He's got it. He plays with a little bit of swagger. If you ever watch their walkouts, you know, from the locker room to the field, I mean, he's, he's that dude that just kind of brings that energy that kind of manifests itself on the field and to everybody else on the team. It, it's crazy to see just how important he is to that squad. Obviously the left tackle is one of the most important positions on the field, but beyond just the ability that he has, the, the extra stuff, you know, the, the stuff that you can't quantify the stuff that you can't see on, on film or tape, or that's technique or anything like that, all that extra stuff that he brings is going to be a big time factor in determining this game. But I think the same could be said for Creed Humphrey too. how well he's able to manage, you know, the San Francisco 49ers interior being able to call out the signals and the blitzes and all that, that's going to play a big part in, in KC's success and Wanya Morris as well. San Francisco's defensive front is legit. They're a really, really good front. I mean, they had their way with the Dallas Cowboys early in the season and made them look silly. And they've done that to a lot of teams this year. And so it's going to be a really big time matchup across the board. It's going to be fun to watch. And I mean, the fact that Oklahoma for back-to-back years have the most players represented in the Super Bowl is just kind of crazy, actually. Well, and obviously, when you got four from Kansas City, uh, doesn't hurt, right? I mean, I, that's helps right there. You've got a nice, nice little chunk. But yeah, you talking about Jalen Hurts uh, a year ago, and uh, who's the other name from Philly that I'm blanking on? That Lane that, Johnson. And uh, wasn't Kennedy Brooks rostered at one point for Philly? Yeah, yeah, he was on the roster, and then now he's with the. XFL or USFL, whatever it is now. And, and Kennedy's who I was thinking of. But, uh, yeah, it's been a nice little run here for Oklahoma, able to uh, stick its chest out because, look, uh, to have that type of representation in the Super Bowl, it doesn't happen by accident. It means that you're churning out some big-time superstar talent. Yeah, and, and the players that are playing. Now, Braden Willis, you know, he's not getting a ton of offensive snaps, but, I mean, he's, he's going to be a contributor on special teams. But, you know, with what the guys are that are doing for Kansas City, you know, Winchester and Blake Bell and Wanya Morris and Creed Humphrey in their roles, they're pivotal players for what Kansas City needs to do to win this football game. So we'll we'll talk more about the Super Bowl as we build up to it. Uh, but the, the, the Oklahoma Sooners basketball team kind of has a big, big game coming up on Tuesday night in Manhattan. Is it a must win? It might just be. We'll talk about it next on Locked On Sooners. I know we come here we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life. But uh, can we just talk for a moment about preparing for, well, just that, real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics, like amoxicillin, right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. Scary stuff. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than my loved ones, right? My fiance, Amanda, having an issue with a supply chain keeping them from life-saving medication that that they need. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case, it's a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, and uh, so many other 
issues that you might run into. This stuff, it could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than right now today. Go to jacemedical.com. Use offer code Locked On to get $20 off your order. The Oklahoma Sooners are coming off of a week where they went 0-2, lost in a blowout to rival Texas, and then kind of lost a bit of a heartbreaker to Texas Tech after having a lead late. Dropped 11 spots in the USA Today coaches poll. And, man, I won't say that the rails are completely off or that the train is completely off the track, but this one coming up against Kansas State, who's been pretty good so far. They're 4-3 in Big 12 play. It's pretty big, Josh. Yeah, I think so too. It's uh, <laughs> it's always challenging when you say, okay, well, is this a must win, right? Because by definition, no, it's not. Oklahoma could conceivably accomplish every goal maybe outside of winning the Big 12 regular season championship, right? Uh, w- even with a loss to Kansas State. But I think for those of us that are projecting forward a little bit here, eventually you got to start winning basketball games again. And so, okay, you've fallen down in the standings now, and it's it's logjam city in the Big 12. Go figure, right? Where most everybody's everybody but Texas Tech has two losses or or more, and most everybody's got three losses or more in the league right now. So you're not way out of the thing, but all of a sudden you lose this game and you're three and five in the standings. And oh, by the way, you got another road game uh, coming up on the heels of this one right behind it with a trip to UCF. Then you welcome in a good ranked BYU team right now. So uh, eventually you got to turn the tide and something's got to give. K-State comes in with its own motivation of a two-game losing streak of their own that they want to snap. So again, something's got to give here and let's hope it's on Oklahoma's into the equation because you're not playing yourself totally out of the tournament yet, John, but you lose this game and then all of a sudden you turn around and you have another winless week by going to UCF and losing. And we could be talking about some of those things where Oklahoma was comfortably on the right side of the tournament equation to all of a sudden in the matter of two weeks, well, wait a second, are they on the wrong side of the bubble or smack dab on the bubble? Yeah. Everything has been pointing towards Oklahoma being a tournament team, but if you don't start winning games, it's not going to matter what the projections were two weeks ago or what the bracketology said a month ago. No, you've got to be able to, I think they got to get to closer to even in big 12 play. I mean, yeah, they're three and four right now, but you know, this game against Kansas state, that's not going to be any easy task. And then going on the road to UCF where they beat Kansas, you know, it's going to be a, a wild week. And I I think Oklahoma needs to go at least one and one this week, obviously a two and oh, run against both you know in these two games would be huge and obviously that's better and that's what you hope for but they gotta they gotta win at least one of them and i think it it would assuage a lot of the doubts and a lot of the fears about this team if they went up to manhattan and they won you know would it answer all of the questions no but i think it would uh, you know just delay some of the anxiety that everybody's kind of having right now about porter Mosier and the oklahoma sooners i mean it's still a work in progress I think, you know, they're a better team than what they were last year. Are they a team that's going to contend for the national title? Probably not, but they're a better team and they're continuing to build something. And and I think it's, it's going to be better. It's going to continue to get better. I mean, we're seeing, you know, kind of the up and down nature from guys like Milos Uzan 
and Otega Owe, where you know they have some really, really good stretches of basketball, and then some that okay, it looks like it's their first year starting uh, at the collegiate level. You know, uh, you say that I think the same thing for guys like you know Javian McCollum and and you know making the jump from Siena to Power Five basketball, and not just Power Five basketball, but Big 12 basketball, the best conference in the country where he has moments that he looks really, really good. And then moments where he's still kind of getting his feet under him in this conference. And, you know, I think if they can just do the little things well, you know, against Texas Tech, it was hit free throws. If you just hit a few more free throws in that game, you win that game. But you got to be able to do those little things and and winning teams will do those little things. And right now they've, they've got those questions that they have to answer, but I think they're capable of being better than what they've shown because what they've shown over the last couple of games, you know, against Texas, it, Texas. Okay. Just got straight up hot in the second half while Oklahoma went cold. And that was a bad recipe, but they played really well in the first half, but against Texas tech, I mean, they did everything pretty well except hit their free throws. Well, and little things, right? You talk about little things. The end of the first half, and keep in mind, Oklahoma hits a three at the very end. So if you want to call it a four-point win for Texas Tech, fine, right? But the world we're operating in is it was a one-point finish, okay? And in this uh, end of the first half for Oklahoma, they start their action, I guess, with 18 seconds, shoot and miss with 11 seconds left in the first half, Uzan missed the layup. Uh, Texas Tech gets the rebound. They're fouled. And really, you could have totally ended the first half without giving those two free throws away to Texas Tech. Oklahoma didn't do it. So that's just one example of the failure in execution for Oklahoma. And there's a number of others just like that. McMillan, look, uh, I know sometimes guys get hot, but you can't let somebody shoot six of eight from from three you got to find that shooter even if that wasn't the first name on the scouting report once they've knocked down a couple you've got to be there you got to be sticky defensively in Oklahoma in the second half wasn't that Texas Tech kind of got whatever it wanted for the most part uh, offensively and then you say that and you've built a nine-point lead with six to play inside the Lloyd Noble Center with that type of crowd you have to find a way to get to the finish line, but they didn't do that. And the reason they didn't do it is because of a lot of items we've talked about, which is poor free throw shooting uh, JV on McCollum to me. I mean, look, if he's going to shoot two of 11, John and finish with seven points, probably this team's going to have a tough time winning games because theoretically he's supposed to be the best scorer on this team for Oklahoma, or at least right there level with an Otega Oway and a Milos Yuzan and versus Texas tech. Of course he was not. I mean, what what's happened in the last couple of weeks, it's a guy like Jalen Moore who's become your best scorer, your most consistent because he's able to get himself into the lane, create his own shot. He's not relying on the jump shot in order to score. And at times that's, that's a detriment a little bit to this Oklahoma Sooners team as they rely so much on the three, on the three ball when it's not falling, they're not playing good ball, but when they're able to get into the lane and against Texas, they weren't able to do that with much regularity regularity in the second half. It became a struggle. So again, big game against Kansas state must win. Okay. We could talk about it in the terms of emotional, but technically not, but I think it's one of those games that they really need to come out with a win. Uh, you know, will it be the end of the season if they don't know, but it'll certainly 
give them a little bit more confidence moving forward, especially as they get ready for that trip to Orlando. But man, yeah, shout out to the crowd. I was watching the game, you know, on TV and the crowd was coming through on the broadcast. Like that was a really, really good crowd. And especially a credit to them coming out of the Texas loss to be able to show up and show out like they did, like not even dissuaded from showing up to the Lloyd Noble Center. Hopefully that's that's what continues. Like hopefully we start to see that build regardless of the performance and regardless of the results. Yes, the results matter. Yes, they got to win. But at the same time, like you see good basketball crowds across the country in places that go 500 on the season. So Oklahoma is very capable of having a great crowd. And these past couple of games have proven that. So it'll be a lot of fun to see how that how that turns up after this two game road trip that Oklahoma is going to go on. That's going to do it for today's episode of locked on Sooners. Thanks so much for tuning in and subscribe to the show. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all platforms. Hit that notification bell. To let you know when new episodes drop, follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on ref myself at John nine Williams. The show is at locked on Sooners, but until next time he's Josh, I'm John boomer sooner. <laughs>